Uh, those of you who are reading along in your missiles looking for the readings from year B might be a little bit confused. Why do we just have all the readings from year A? And it's because, as Father mentioned, this morning we will celebrate the first of three scrutinies, which are part of the rite of Christian initiation for adults, for those who are to be baptized this Easter. And the purpose of the scrutinies is to help the catechumens, those who are preparing for baptism, to uncover what is weak and sinful in their hearts and to bring out and to strengthen what is strong and good. And they involve prayers of exorcism to deliver the catechumens from the domain of Satan and to entrust them to Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life. They're celebrated during Mass on the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent. So for the next two Sundays following today, we'll do the same. And when they're celebrated, the readings from year A are always used, always used, so that the catechumens are introduced to Christ, who is the living water, as he presents himself to us today in the Gospel of the Samaritan Woman. Christ, the light of the world, as we will meet him next week, in the gospel of the man born blind, and Christ, the resurrection and the life, as he is revealed in the gospel of the resurrection of Lazarus. But today, like the Samaritan woman, we meet Christ as the living water. Our gospel begins with Jesus resting by a well. And we're told it's around noon when a Samaritan woman comes to draw water. Why? Well, why do any of us look for water? It's because she was thirsty. Water is essential for life, and when we lack it, we feel deep within us that something is missing. We experience thirst, and so we seek ways to quench that thirst. We go to where water can be found, and so this woman goes to a well. Nothing out of the ordinary there. But God reveals his mysteries to us by means of things that we can understand. We need water, and we know what it feels like to thirst. But we also need God. Just as we cannot exist without water, we cannot exist without God. And so we experience thirst for him. We go to a well to find water. But where do we go to satisfy our thirst for God. We go to the church where God has transformed the ordinary water of baptism into the means by which we first drink from the living water that is Christ. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Back to the Samaritan woman. She comes to the well and there she encounters Jesus. Now she's thirsty. But he is the one who first says, give me a drink. Give me a drink. And this is extraordinary because Jews and Samaritans use nothing in common. They were two peoples. They were very similar in many ways, culturally. But nevertheless, they were divided by religious differences. And so ordinarily, they had nothing to do one with the other. And so what Jesus was asking this woman for by saying, give me a drink, was scandalous. But he asks... Nonetheless, because what Christ thirsted for was not a drink of water from the well. What he thirsted for was to satisfy her thirst. 
Because Christ is the well. And a well doesn't drink from itself. The purpose of a well is to give water to others. And so Jesus thirsted to give himself to her, to satisfy that yearning of her faith. So it didn't matter that this woman, whose name isn't given to us, was a Samaritan. This woman was wounded and broken. And this is hinted at by the fact that she's there to draw water at noon. See, most people would come in the morning or in the evening when it's not too hot outside. But that's precisely why she comes during the heat of the day because she knows she's not likely to meet other people. She wants to be alone. She's ostracized. As Jesus reveals later in the conversation, she's had five husbands, and the one that she's with now is not her husband. We're not given the details, but she has a checkered past. But she also has hope. As her exchange with Jesus progresses, she reveals her faith. She says, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us everything. And Jesus says, I am he. I am he. And he says, whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And she says, sir, give me this water. Give me this water so that I may not be thirsty. And this is what everyone who comes to the church seeking baptism asks for. Give me this water so that I may not be thirsty. Pour your life into me, Lord, so that that my longing for you may be satisfied. So as I said, where do we come to quench our thirst for God? We come to the church. We come to the sacraments, which God established for the very purpose of giving himself to us. The sacraments are like oasis in the desert. They're places of refuge where we can find spiritual nourishment. Now, it's true, God can satisfy our thirst anywhere. Anywhere. Because he himself is not bound by the sacraments. Just as he brought forth water from the rock to satisfy the thirst of the Hebrew people during the Exodus, God's grace will always be given to those who ask in faith. But it's not God's intention to be hidden from us because he thirsts for us. He thirsts for our thirst. He wants us to be able to come to him. And that's why he established a church and why he has linked his grace to the sacraments so that we can know where to find him, so that we can know where to go to quench our thirst. The waters of baptism are that spring of living water through which Christ first pours his life into our hearts. And if we are wise, we will plant ourselves near that spring. The prophet Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. No matter the trials or the difficulties that we face in life, our lives will still bear fruit if we are rooted in Christ, if we're rooted in that spring of living water. 
The Psalms say that the one who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night is like a tree planted near running water whose leaves never fade. So the church is not a spring that we come to once or come to only every now and then. It's a place for us to plant ourselves. It's a place where we are meant to sink our roots so that we can continually be nourished by God. And that's why even though we're only baptized once, because there can be only one rebirth, we come to be fed at the table of the Eucharist over and over again throughout our lives as Christians. This is the daily bread that we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus giving himself to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in order to quench our thirst over and over again. Because this is what he thirsts for. He thirsts to nourish us with his life. As he says in John chapter 6 in the Bread of Life discourse, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. So Christ is both the water and the well. And he longs to make himself into a spring of living water welling up to eternal life within our hearts. But what happens after we're baptized, after we have tasted from that well, if we allow ourselves to be uprooted by sin and neglect, to be cut off from the source of our life, we become like a dry, weary land without water, barren and lifeless. But as long as we still thirst for God, God will satisfy us because his thirst is for us. So just like God established the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist so that we might know where to come to drink from his stream, he has also given us the sacrament of reconciliation or confession so that we might know where to come for renewal. Every time we go to confession, it's an opportunity for us to drink deeply from the well of Christ's mercy, that well that never runs dry, to refresh ourselves once more at that stream that became our birthright at baptism. This coming Monday, tomorrow, starting at 6.30 in the evening, our parish will begin a Lenten mission. Father Marcel Amadi will be here. He's one of Father Paul's childhood friends that we welcome. He's also a campus minister in our diocese working in Greensboro. So I've known Father Marcel for many years. He's a wonderful priest, a wonderful speaker, a holy man. And he'll be here with us for our Lenten mission for three days, speaking about repentance and restoration and renewal. And this is an opportunity for us to come to the well and to quench our thirst for us to have our own encounter with Jesus. The first talk, as I said, will be Monday at 6.30. It will be about repentance. And then Father Marcel will celebrate Mass on Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. And he'll give his second talk on restoration as the homily for that Mass. He will also give that talk at 6.30 on Tuesday evening. So you'll have two opportunities to hear Tuesday's talk. During the 9 o'clock Mass, in the morning and at 6.30 in the evening. 
And then on Wednesday, our parish mission concludes with Mass at the normal Wednesday time of 5.30 in the evening, during which Father Marcel will deliver his third talk on renewal, on renewal. And after Mass, we will expose the Blessed Sacrament and have a time for confessions, lasting until 8.30 in the evening. So I invite all of us to take advantage of this time that God has provided for us to be refreshed at the wellspring of his mercy. As we pray for those who are preparing to drink from that well for the very first time this Easter at baptism, let us pray also for ourselves and for the whole Christian community that by our Lenten prayers we may have our own well-side encounter with Christ, remembering that it is he who first seeks us and asks us for a drink. St. Augustine said, He thirsts that we may thirst for him.